everybody. It is Miss Kapow, and today's date is January 29th, 2018, and we'll have a Bible study for us today. A Bible study on Kapow Radio Show. On the commitment to God. Right, right. And you know what? When we were talking about this earlier, here's what I thought. Okay, like, you know, you know the Bible, God always uh, speaks of Israel like in marriage mm. relation. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. The wife, the bride, you know, the wife of God, the church is the bride of Christ. So I'm thinking about you and I, right? We've been married a number of years. Mm-hmm. Almost 30. Almost 30 years. And which is weird because I'm really not that old. I know. So I, I must have married you like when I was what? In the crib? 10, <laughs> 8. You know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Arranged marriages like that. <laughs> But anyway, you know, I think of like you and I, and here's what I'm thinking. Okay, say, say we had uh, date night. Mm-hmm. We used to have date night on a Thursday night, right? Mm-hmm. A date night. Now, say as a husband, I was really committed to date night. I was committed to date night. And um, maybe even really committed to... Uh, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, got you know, got to do this, do this, do this, and so every every Thursday on date night, by golly, you know, come hell or high water, I'm taking you out to dinner and a movie and you know a walk on the beach. Mm-hmm. And every Valentine's Day, I'm buying you Godiva chocolates, right? Mm-hmm. And um. But I'm committed to those events, thinking that I'm committed to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not committed to you. All the rest of the time, I just ignore you. Right. You know, and that's easy to do because you're kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> no, just easy. Just easy. Get your eyebrows down. But you get my point. See, if so, if, what. What I'm in this scenario, what I would be committed to is the work, mm-hmm. right? But the actual work of date night or celebrating uh, Valentine's Day, which we don't, by the way, because it's of Eros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way, so it's kind of a bad example. I'm sorry, folks, but um, you get my point. Yeah, basically, your your mouth moves, but your heart's far from me. Yeah. Thank you. That's that was really good. Thank you. That was really good. It's Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's Bible. Because those works or those acts should be the result of my commitment to you. Mm-hmm. If I'm totally committed to my wife, I'm just totally committed to her, not her birthday, Valentine's Day. Christmas, date night, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. I'm not even committed to her as my wife. I'm just committed to her. Everything else, all the good work in the marriage would be a result, a fruit of that commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be, because then that's mm-hmm. right. Because say you miss date night. Say you uh, miss her birthday. Mm-hmm. Say, right? Right. But the commitment, it's not to the event, it's to the person. Mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of how I put it in my little head when we were talking about commitment to God. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of reminds me um, about my my dad, my papa, when um, he first divorced my my mother and he got remarried. And out of guilt, he would come and see my sister and I and me um, weekly. Then it was two weeks. Then it was once a month. But I knew that he did it because he felt obligated, you know. And but what we my sister and I really wanted, he'd give us like five books each or whatever. But we, what we really wanted was just to sit down with my dad and visit with him. And how many times is it like that with God where, you know, we do all this stuff for for God, thinking that we're doing good, we're doing penance or whatever, because it makes us, because out of guilt, oh, I haven't prayed or I haven't done this. So you do all these things for God, but what God really wants is to develop a relationship with you. He wants to get to know you and have you get to know him and have fellowship. That's the whole purpose of um, God reconciling us to him. And, um, why he came here to die for us and to be risen from the dead and, and all that salvation is so that we could have that fellowship with God. Amen. So the works don't go before the faith, Mm-mm. but it's like James says, faith without works is dead. Right. It's the result. If you were committed and you use the example of your Papa, mm-hmm. if he was still committed to his children, even after leaving the marriage, mm-hmm. if he was still committed to his children, it, it's, it, it's not about, oh, I have to see him every week or I have to do this or give him money. Mm-hmm. And he loved us. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, he just, you know. He was no just, longer committed to yeah. that family. Mm-hmm. He, he wouldn't commit it to another family. Right. Uh, and so that's what you felt. So the mm-hmm. works were, were not, not that they were empty, but they, that's not what you wanted. Mm-mm. So it's the same, and it's like you said, same thing with God. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, and, and, and as I've been doing my my Bible study, um, I began to think about my relationship with the Lord and with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And what really drew me was the commitment that Jesus had with the Father. You know, the Bible says that. Um, with the the son could do nothing without the father so there was that total dependence on him you know even though jesus was god he allowed that to step aside so that he could live as man totally dependent on god totally mm-hmm. for everything and so everything that he saw the father do that's what he did his whole commitment was to do the works and to finish the work of the Father. And that total devotion that Jesus had with the Father, because it was the Father's will that Jesus would come, it was the Father's will that his Son would save mankind and to draw all men unto him and to have that fellowship and that reconciliation and to, do, to, to, to destroy the works of the devil and what really got me was the Lord's total devotion to the Father. And it wasn't the work so much like, 
um, you know, like that one story where the, this, this gentleman comes to Jesus and asks him how to get eternal life. And Jesus told him, well, sell all your goods, give to the poor and follow me. And the gentleman was sad because he had a lot of possessions, but it wasn't like Jesus went, wait, 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 come here. Let me, let me explain further. Or, you know, he didn't go after this person. He just left it in the father's hand. Right. And how many times do we do that where we feel, um, you know, we go on on a mission trip or we do Bible studies or we go to church and we're committed to those things. I remember um, when I used to go to church and I used to admire people that says, oh, this church, we, my family has been going here for years. And then my, and then we go and my family. And I thought that's kind of cool. What commitment to God these people have. They've been going to this church for a millennium, you know, I mean, forever. And then some other people, um, I admire too was, um, I heard this one gentleman say, I follow this pastor. When he went to this church, we were with him. And then he moved to this church and we just followed this pastor around. I thought, wow. But what dawned on me is that these people are committed to a church. This man was committed to a pastor. And that would make it very, and to me, that's like an idol, idol worship. But God doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to be committed to a church or to a um, um, a mission or anything. He wants us to be committed to him. So when he says, Linda, I want you to go here. I'm like, oh, I can't, Lord. I, I, this is Sunday. I have Bible study. No, he wants you to go here because there's a need or there's something there that he wants you to take care of. And it reminds me of that story when we were living in Hemet. Um, on Mondays, I did have Bible study with women. And there was a, a, a sickly woman living next door. And we had planned on a date night because her husband had to go on um, a trip. So she was alone and she was fearful, you know, being alone because she was, she was very sick. And so we were having a date night. We're going to have movie and pizza or um, Chinese food. And then this Bible study came and in a view and I thought, well, Lord, you know, if I'm committed to you, I should be committed to the Bible study, not to having dinner with my friend. And, um, but I felt very strongly to have dinner with my friend, to keep that appointment and not the Bible study. And it confused me. And I did pray about it, but I, was, it, I really felt led to be with this woman and not with the Bible study. And it just didn't make sense to me. But I thought, well, I prayed about it, and this is what God wants. But it turned out that that's where I needed to be with this woman because she had broken her, um, I want to say her femur bone. Yeah. And had she, had I not been there, she would have died because yeah. she could not move. She could not get to a phone. I mean, she was totally paralyzed in the sense that she could not call for help. I mean, that house is so huge that um, nobody would have known until days later that um, she had broken her femur bone. Yeah. So... What I'm saying is that we, we need to be committed to our relationship with God the Father, not to those external things. And the other thing that it does, it really does free you. Because recently, um, I had 
committed myself every Thursday to take this one lady to um, St. George, which is about 45 minutes, to, a, uh, to her doctor's appointment. And um, one um, particular time, it was that I didn't have to, the, the, somehow the Lord made it so that I didn't have to take her. But it was freeing because I'm committed to the Lord and not to this woman. It's kind of hard to explain. Maybe you can help me with this, Brother Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like you're not, you weren't committed to the act of charity mm-hmm. for charity's sake. You're committing to God. Yeah. So you would, would God lay that on your heart to assist her mm-hmm. in taking her to Utah once a week for doctor's appointments. And then when she canceled because she had somebody else do it, it's okay. Right. Because your commitment's to God, not to the charitable work. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyways, so I have some scriptures here. Just I'm going to read a couple of them about the Lord's commitment to his father. Uh, John 5, 19 says, Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these things does the son likewise. And then John 15, 5 Jesus is talking to us. He says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. And he that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit, much fruit for without me, ye can do nothing. 530 says, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the father, which sent me. And these are the attitudes that we should also have when we, when we look at other people, we can't judge out of the flesh. Like I wouldn't do that or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we have to judge according to the word of God. If someone's committing adultery and the word of God says thou shalt not commit adultery, then we've judged correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, John six thirty eight says, for I came down, this is Jesus, for I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Eight. John eight twenty nine, it said Jesus says, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. And that's what we should be doing, is doing the things that please God. And when we have that urge in our spirit from the Lord, we have to remember in Philippians it does say that it's God that um that wills us and um he works in us both to do and to will of his good pleasure. Those things are things that he gives us because remember, it's the spirit that draws us to God. And it's just not drawing us for that one initial time when we get saved. It's con- he is constantly through his spirit drawing us. He's constantly drawing us to his word, into prayer, into fellowship, into doing things that would build us up, that would build up the church of God. It's like you said earlier when we were talking about this, that without the Spirit of God in you, mm-hmm. without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible for you to commit. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't commit. You cannot be drawn to God. You can't even love God com- um, the correct way. Yes. Yes. Because remember, when without God, we are separated from God, and we have this. Um, carnal nature 
And that carnal nature, our flesh, is enmity with God, with a holy God. Mm -hmm. So it is impossible for the flesh to be rehabilitated, and it's impossible for the flesh to walk in faith, which is what pleases God. And it's impossible for the flesh to even love God because it says in order to love God, we have to obey his commandments. And that's totally anathema to the flesh. And what happens is when it's lip service, right? Mm -hmm. It's actions. It's uh, the right speech. Because believe me, wicked people could speak truth. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible to the speak The devil truth. does. <laughs> yeah, the devil knows scripture. The devil knows doctrine, knows truth. And um, he, he, wicked men pretending uh, to be followers of, of Yahweh will speak portions of truth. And uh, I can give you examples after examples of that. But because they're doing that out of the human spirit, it's impossible for them to truly, truly love God without the spirit of God in them. Mm-hmm. What it becomes then is religion. Mm-hmm. It becomes religion. And just don't think of a phony Babylonian religion or Hinduism or Buddha. Think about your current state of evangelical Christianity today. Mm-hmm. That's what it becomes over and over again. Yeah, because they're not relying on the spirit of God. They're relying on their own um, inventions. Yes. Yes. And when you're talking about Christ and his commitment to the Father, I mean, what? that's the example. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the ultimate example. Right. What greater love does a man have but to lay down his life for his friends? Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate example. Here Christ was taken to a high mountain, tempted in the wilderness, by the accuser. And he says, you see all these kingdoms? Mm-hmm. They're all yours because they belong to me because this is my society. I'm the prince of the power of the air. Mm-hmm. I, I, run, I run this prison planet, right? And mankind is here in a fallen state. So I, I'm running the show here. And he still does. Mm-hmm. He hasn't quit running the show, folks. So he says to Jesus, all this could be yours. What all that entails, I will give to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Right. And Jesus continues to say in John 12, 49, for I have not spoken of myself, but the father which sent me, he gave me commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And then... um, See what else here. And then Jesus said to them, My doctrine, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Mm-hmm. And these are all examples and scriptures that we should lay in our heart and emulate as well. And Jesus says, He that loves me not keepeth not my sayings, and the words which ye hear are is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So, in other words, if you reject the words of Jesus, you actually reject the Father's word as well. Because he's so committed to that. Mm-hmm. They're one. They're so committed. And I love, I love the uh, negative, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, who, who's that person who not keeps the commandments? Right. Um, 
And so there's, it's, it's so simple that we complicated it. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. And the other thing that brings in mind is not only works of religion or charity, things like that. Uh, Cause there's a lot of wicked people, a lot of evil people doing charity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they have devil signs on their albums covers, but they donate large amounts of money to habitant to humanity. Right. Right. Uh, charity means nothing. Every rich person has a f- charitable foundation that they can, you know, launder their money through. But it also reminds me of some of these um, things that we can worship and get really into and committed to rather than the commitment to God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will look at evangelism as the ultimate tool. You know, right. the Great Commission is the ultimate tool. So just go out and do this and do this and do that. And that's all fine and dandy as long as your original intent, your commitment, your love is for Yahweh, mm-hmm. for Christ, Yahweh through Christ, then that's fine. But if you're just doing evangelism just to do it, just to say, this is what I do, it makes me feel good. I'm converting, converting, converting. Well, you're no better than the Jews who would cross a sea or a mile just to make one proselyte. And then mm-hmm. after you did that, you made him more of a devil than yourself. Right. Because right? the things that we're doing is um, through the flesh. Yeah. And I had something here that I wanted to read to my listeners. All right. Let me see about the flesh. And if I can find it, I'll read it. It doesn't look like I have it here. Well, you keep looking for it. And I will I will sing a song. All right. Oh, no, I won't sing a song. But you keep looking for it and you just pop in when you find it. Okay. Um, but the commitment here that we're talking about once again, goes way beyond what you would naturally think as works. I mean, you could take the Kapow radio show and say, hey, I'm committed to doing this every week, or we're committed to, you know, you know well, we're not committed to the show. I'm not even committed to the listener. I'm not committed to any of this. I'm just committed to God. And so that's some, sometimes why it's silent. We don't say anything because God hasn't given us anything. Because the commitment, it's like when God says to speak, we'll speak. When he doesn't, we don't. Um, And, you know, some of the things that you say, especially like on Freedom Friday and things like that, it's, um, it's, it's because of that strong commitment to God that the evil and the wickedness is so detestable, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that strong desire that we have to expose it. And to, to open other people's eyes to these things. Mm-hmm. All right. I think you found it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, I, um, that, that I've been pondering upon is um, we have our commitment and our relationship with God. Um, how do I know when it's of me or when it's of the Spirit, right? And um, I read this thing, and it just really popped out at me. And it says that flesh is our self-righteousness, and it's always self-conscious righteousness. Mm -hmm. And it's always full of praise 
producing the extrovert who must always be noticed, recognized, consulted, and applauded. When the flesh is um, in pursuit of self-righteousness, it goes from self-praise. Oh, I'm sorry. And so when the flesh in pursuit of self-righteousness, and when it fails, it goes from self-praise to self-pity and produces the introvert. So when you're... when I was looking at this with the flesh, you actually rise up and you're very prideful. This is what I did. Mm. You know, I won so many people to the Lord. I, this is what I did. I, I created this and this and that. I built up these churches and, you know, and yeah. you can do it in, um, false humility as well you yeah. know, through God, blah, blah, blah. But that may not really be from the Lord. You mm. know what I'm saying? So, and then when you fail, you become, introverted because you're licking your wounds and you feel sorry for yourself because now you're exposed and you're not, you know I mean? You're not successful. So the flesh, when it's recognized becomes, um, when you, when, when people realize, Oh, this is from the flesh or your flesh gets attacked, it becomes highly irritated and angry and very prideful and ignorant. Indignant. Ah, I can't say that word. Anyways, that's why God said that no flesh will glory in his presence because we can't do the work of God through our flesh, through our own self. It has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. It could never be from us. And that's when I was thinking, well, I have to be really careful that it's not coming from me. Mm-hmm. you know, my own works, the things that I know I can do, that I can do well. I can't speak well. I can't, you know, like when I watch you and you, and you, and you have an outline of your Bible study and stuff, I don't have that. But what I can do is speak from my heart. But I know that it's me having to rely upon God. It's like, mm-hmm. Lord, you, you give me things when I do my Bible study and it's like, Oh, I w- I want to share this with people because it's so good. It's, 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 it lifts up the Lord, you know, but I don't have that ability in myself. So I do have to pray and ask God to stir it up, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's where the difference is, is where when you actually do pray and ask God to, to, to use you, these are the gifts I have nothing to give, yeah. but these are the things I do have, however you want to use it. One of the things that um, someone told me is that um, with my drawings, now, believe me, I'm not a great Picasso or anything like that, but I do like to draw. I like to doodle and stuff like that. And uh, you, you, um, have a, you have a gift for it. And I do have a it's gift, yeah. but a lot of times... Many times somebody will ask me, can you draw this for me? And it's like, mm, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't have the, the ability really. So I always ask the Lord to help me and he will, and I'll, and I'll draw it. And it's like, oh, that's, that's pretty good, you know? And, um, but someone that sees it will always see something beautiful in it that I didn't intend to be in the picture. Like, they'll, like I did this uh, picture of a, um, of, of a tree just a, just one little tree and somebody looked at it and said, it looks so peaceful. Yeah. Really? Mm. Oh, 
saw. I didn't see it, but that's what that person saw. And, or they'll see something else. They'll see some kind of sweetness in, in these drawings. But that's because I gave it unto the Lord, and the Lord uses it, and he does it. And he gets the glory for it. Yeah. It's the spirit behind it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with music or an author, everything. You know, it's the spirit behind the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it comes out. Yeah. And as, as Christians, as people that have been saved by the Lord, um, Jesus said, as my father sent me, even so send I you. And, you know, in, in Romans, it says, um, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then what I always liked was Philippians, where it says, for me to live is Christ. Mm. That's what I want there you go. is for Christ to live in me. So, you know, a lot of times we want to win others to the Lord. We want to be effectual witnesses, our lives to, to show Christ to people, but people, you know, if you go, Oh, I go to church or I do Bible study, that's really nothing extraordinary, but people see acts of kindness, things that like, for instance, brother Kapop, um, we had wind and we had leaves blowing everywhere. And we had our gardeners remove the, the leaves from our yard. But we had noticed that there was leaves in our neighbor's yard. You know, there's probably our leaves as well as theirs. But since we had our gardeners here, Brother Kapow asked our gardeners if he would blow off the leaves from our neighbor's yard. And we told them, you know, we're, we're going to have our gardeners do this for you. That's an exceptional thing because most people wouldn't do that. And I'm not saying that to pat us on the back, but that is the love of Christ manifesting itself through Brother Kapow. And that kindness is something that they're going like, who does that kind of stuff? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, we have pretty messy tree and theirs wasn't so messy. <laughs> and I looked at their yard at night. I went, most of those leaves are from my tree, right? So just to, you know, give them a hand out. Yeah, I had my landscapers. I, I paid them a couple of bucks to blow the neighbor's yard. But when I told them, they were kind of like, well, thank you very much. You know, we have a tree too, though. But thank you. But it wasn't because I'm committed to them or mm. committed to clean yards. It's I'm committed to God. Right. And it was to me, it was just the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. just the right thing to do. It's not a big deal. Um, you know, and then it is, it's not a big deal, but it's like, if you just committed to God and he just lays these little things on your heart. I mean, it's, it's as simple as holding a door open for somebody. You're just being civil. An act of kindness. Yeah. You know, uh, especially in today's age, we're, we really are supposed to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can't do that through the flesh. No. <laughs> you really can't. It's impossible. But if you're following God, it just kind of comes out, and you really don't need to do anything. No. But just be committed just because, to God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, you had you had uh, done a study in um, Psalm 15, did you not? Yes. Yes. And I think that's a good time to segue into, well, the ancient scriptures that Jesus himself read and understood. Mm. 
and what it says about commitment to the Father. So let's take a short commercial break. Alrighty. And then uh, we'll get right into that and finish it up. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. Would you consider a small donation? Share because the world has become much darker and needs to hear truth. It only takes a minute by going to the desktop sites of kapowradioshow.com or fifthhookmedia.com and clicking the donate button. We thank you in advance for any small amount that is placed upon your heart and for joining us in the kingdom against powers of wickedness. The Kapow Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear. So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit. Okay, we are back, and we're going to wrap this up. And uh, Ms. Kapow, you had some great scriptures with Christ and his commitment to the Father. That's mm-hmm. our example. Mm-hmm. But what I found is, you know, Christ, Jesus, when he walked here on earth in the form of a man, he understood, read, and well, <laughs> he actually wrote them to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Of course he understood it. Uh, these, these ancient scriptures. So I'm going to try to understand it a little bit, share it with you. And here's, here's, here's what it means to us. Here's how we apply it to us, really. Okay, Psalm 15. Let's go to Psalm 15. By the way, and I was explaining this to Ms. Kapow earlier. I thought it was kind of neat. that The Psalms, the ancient Psalms were broken down in five groups that reflected the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Here in chapter 15, we are in the uh, last part of the Genesis portion, the fall of man and evil and death comes in. I think that's just interesting to understand that. So we're in the very last part of that. Uh, Chapter 16 starts the Exodus part. All right. So let let me just read it to you, then we'll break it down real quick. Psalm 15. It says, Lord, that word is Yahweh, Mm. creator God. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? This is the question that rings out from the beginning of the garden to today. And will continue to ring out until the age is consummated. Mm-hmm. The question is, God, who is going to be able to live in your house? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Who's going to be able to reside, dwell safely and in peace in the holy hill? Who? That's the question. And here's the answer. This is the commitment to Yahweh. Verse 2 says, it answers, it says, He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness 
Do you see how the walking uprightly comes first? Mm-hmm. You're committed to God. And then the works of righteousness are the result of that. And speaketh the truth in his heart. And I want to pause on that a little bit because earlier we talked about people. There's a lot of people that speak truth, but they're wicked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the late Kirill Mastrashiana mm-hmm. once told us she had went to a um, Todd Bentley show. Yeah. And uh, to expose, to write about it, to expose the, uh, you know, the the devilish, you know, antics that was going on, Todd Bentley. And she said she went to this uh, church service and he produced, this is like in her own words, the most beautiful, concise accurate gospel message she had ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy, <clears throat> Todd Bentley is a son of Satan. Mm-hmm. He's totally demon possessed. And uh, he's, he was used uh, as, as well as all that fresh fire stuff to impart the Kundalini spirit that you see in, in your churches today. But he was able to give a concise gospel message. You know why? Because Satan doesn't care if one of his serpent seeds gives a gospel message, he doesn't care. What he cares about is that no one receives that gospel message. Mm-hmm. That's all he cares about. So he doesn't care about the truth. What he cares about is no one embraces the truth. Right? Right. So in this scripture, the one who's going to dwell in the holy hill and dwell with God in his tabernacle is the one who speaks the truth in his heart, Mm -hmm. not out of his mouth. His gums aren't just flapping in the wind, but his very inner consciousness, his very soul, the, the, his bowels, his understanding. That's the one. The truth is in his heart, Mm -hmm. not just in his mouth. All right. Now we go to the negatives. Here's the ones who don't go there. Who don't dwell with God. He that backbiteth, not with his tongue. Mm-hmm. All right? He that backbiteth, not with his tongue, is the same person that's walking uprightly and working righteousness and speaking truth in the heart. Right? Mm-hmm. A backbiter. What's that? A slanderer. Right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who's gossiping. They're watching Gossip Girl. Yeah. That's a show, I guess. Right? Or it was. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, mm. nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. See, you see how at first it starts off with your commitment to God and mm. then the works that follow? Well, part of those works are not backbiting or slandering or gossiping or doing harm to your neighbor, doing evil or taking a reproach against the neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned. That word contemned means to despise or disdain, um, to scorn. It's contemptible. 
God finds a vile person contemptible. Who's the vile person? He just said, backbiting, evil to neighbor, right? A reproach. So God's eyes finds a vile person is irreprehensible. But he honors them that fear the Lord. Fear the Lord, irreverent, afraid, fearing the Yahweh. Here Mm -hmm. is the commitment. It's not a commitment to the works, not a commitment to the religion or the system, but to the Yahweh, to the creator God. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. See? That's good. That's good. If you, if you commit to something, even if it's harming you down the road, but you, you don't waver, you're not unstable. And he that put not out his money to ushery, you don't, you're not lending to people. You give. Nor take a reward against the innocent. That, that word is bribe. You're taking a bribe to convict that innocent person that otherwise would not have been convicted. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're taking that bribe. You're going the way of the world. He that doeth these things, all these things I mentioned, and even the negatives, you don't do the negatives, right? Mm-hmm. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. You know, it reminds me of our study in, in uh, Psalms 1, where it says, uh-huh. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of wa- the water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. And that's interesting. You should go back to Psalm one, because that's the first part. Chapter chapters one through fifteen are the 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 Genesis part, the mm. the book of Genesis. See? So it, it it this is the very last. You just quoted the very first, and I just read the very last. It, huh, it bookends it. Yeah. So it's all it's all about the fall of man and fallen nature, and God's plan of redemption. And here's the plan of redemption. Fear the Lord, commit to God, and you will abide in safety. You'll have defense Mm -hmm. in his tabernacle, right? Right. Both here and after death. It's Mm -hmm. not just after death. You will get protection and defense here. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know how people, I really don't. I, I just boggles my mind how regular people go on in this world, go on in life without having the protection of God on, on their lives mm-hmm. and on their households and on their finances and on their health and well-being. I just, I just boggles my mind. Yeah. Because they can't sleep at night. They're scared. <laughs> you know, you probably all heard, you know, Lady Gaga had uh, a personal assistant that had a sleep with her mm-hmm. because she was afraid of the demonic attacks at night, mm-hmm. the night terrors, the incubus, the succubus, what we call sleep paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. 
alien invasion at night. So she had to pay a gal, her assistant, to sleep in her bed with her because she to wake her up. That's torment Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. and over again. You can hear all these stories. That just happens to be, you know, a a celebrity uh, clone story. But regular people suffer so much because they just don't, they they won't hear this truth. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And as you were talking and reading this psalm, the one thing that came to me, you know, we can't do anything without the Spirit of God to truly do the will of God. And we are to love God with all our soul, heart, mind, and soul, and, and strength. Mm-hmm. We also have to love others as ourselves. But the love that God uh, indwells in us is not the love of the world. The love the definition of God's love is that it suffers long, is kind, it envies not, it vaunts itself not, it is not puffed up, and it does not behave itself unseemly, and seeth not her own, or seeketh not her own, and is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, Beautiful. and endures all things. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I think with that, I think we should make a commitment to commit. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Because it's the new year, 2018. It's not going to get brighter. <laughs> it's only going to get worse, folks. It's hard to imagine. So commit to commit. Yeah. And just as Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. This is what I pray for our listeners. Wherefore also we pray also for you, that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Beautiful. I give that a double amen. Mm-hmm. Like in the Psalms, a lot of these Psalms, these books that I was talking about, yep, the divisions end in a like a doxology type of thing mm. with a double amen. Amen, like, amen. Uh huh. Truth, truth. Mm-hmm. Verily, verily. All right, Miss Kapow. All right. Ciao, babies. Good night. <laughs>